Today, it's way easier to get the information than when our parents were around or our grandparents, right? It was like, buy a house, make sure they, they don't take it, right? By the time I'm gone, leave it to my kids. And then that's it. Like no, yeah. no inheritance, no trust funds, nothing like that. They're like, I, I saved my entire life to buy this house. I paid it off. I'm giving it to you. Don't mess it up. Welcome back to another episode of Financially Free with Cleo podcast. I'm your host, Cleo Childress, and this is a show to help you live financially free in your own way. And we are here with a special guest, Robert Fortune, who is a returning guest (laughs) on episode 26. And we talked about investments and sacrifices. Now we are back together again to talk about the Black Wealth Gap what it really is, what it really means, and what we can do right now to change it. But before we jump in that conversation, I want to know, how are you doing today? How is your day going? How is your week going? My day is going good. I mean, besides a couple of uh, hiccups with, you know, being on hold a, a few times, you know. Uh-huh. I've been, I've been actually rather rather more busy than I usually am because I've I've actually been since the last time I've been on, I've been stepping out more and doing some more marketing and different things. So yeah, I can't well, complain. That's good. So how does that make you feel being able to get out and do more than you normally do? Uh, it's stressful, right? Um, <laughs> you know, because there there isn't an infinite amount of time in a day. But you know the the product that comes from it is it, it, you can see the the worth of it. So it's just you just you just have to be patient. Ooh, that's a good word, patience. I'm, I still have to remind myself to be patient. And I know for me, I like to, you know, switch some things up and get out there more and be more, you know, social networking and helping more people. But it can be stressful. It can be a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to balance yeah. that and things, other things that you already have on your plate. So, but it's good. I'm glad to hear that you are getting out there because you have a whole lot to offer that you're already offering, but by being out there more, more people's gonna see and hear it. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that from you. Yeah, thank you so much, I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, of course. So I know, of course, our topic is the black wealth gap. And I know for me, I didn't really start to understand what black wealth gap really is, what it really means until I started college. That's when I really started to hear more about it. But even then I didn't really dig deep and try to understand what it really means. But just based on your professional uh, opinion, you know, let us know what is it? What is the black wealth gap? What does that really mean? So in my opinion, it's just the, the, the difference in, for me, the ability that people either know or don't know they have in creating wealth, right? Because it's not, everything isn't just, you know, the same for everybody right so if you're not figuring out the ways to create wealth within again your own personal economy then there's always going to be a gap 
So we always talk about Black Wealth Gap and, and we like compare like Black people to like Jeff Bezos or or Elon Musk, right? It's like, oh, look at us and look at these top level like white people, right? But it's like, no, you have to look at it for like, look at who you are. Say you're a nurse, mm-hmm. right? And then look at how much nurses of other races make, right? In your same profession. That's where you should start first. And then now you can say, okay, how do I demand those kind of things? But if you look at it as a, as a whole, yeah. um, obviously black wealth is far below because essentially they've had 400 year head start on creating the wealth, right? So yeah. we've always been playing catch up. So if we're comparing ourselves to them, then the gap is always going to seem too, too large. Mm. But I think we have to start figuring out, okay, what does it mean for me personally? And how do I change that? Because black people in general, we have a <clears throat> we have a buying power, a purchasing power of $1.5 trillion. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a whole, there is wealth in, in us because if you took every, if you took every black person in, and then you said, okay, you put them on a remote desert island by themselves, we would be the 14th largest nation in the, in, in the world by just purchasing power in comparison to the GDP of other countries. So, yeah. it, you know, there's different, like you said, it means something to different people, mm-hmm. but I think you, you have this, I always tell people when you're figuring out what does it mean for you, you have to figure out how does it compare to what I'm doing as opposed to like looking at the, the leader of Amazon, right? Trying to figure out how, how do I get wealthy like him, which, you know, not to say it's impossible, but you know, are you really going to put that time in to, to figure that out? If you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're still struggling managing your money, you need to join me in the daily money habits text community. Sometimes when we're trying to level up in our finances, we can get overwhelmed and not do anything at all. And then other times we start and we fall off track real quick. And I want to help you stay focused. So in the Daily Money Habits text community, you will get a text from me every single day with a financial affirmation to help empower you and help push you forward through this journey. And the second thing is an action step. Me telling you exactly what you need to do every single day to reach those money goals. And you'll also get monthly financial workshops so you can continue on this education and helping you take action on all of this information that you are receiving. So text MONEY HABITS, all caps, to 615-813-4827. It is a paid community. It's $37 a month. But hey, we got to invest in ourselves, right? If we want to see real results. So I will see you in the daily MONEY HABITS community. Yeah, I think a lot of us compare ourselves to those top level, high performing, super rich, successful uh, white people. And we a lot of us start to feel discouraged. Like, could I ever get there in this lifetime? Like a couple weeks ago, I went back to my high school in Nashville, Tennessee, and I spoke to some kids. I was on a panel with some other um, adults, you know, the sharing our experiences. And just like afterwards, we were talking to some students and there was one student, he said that his goal, he wanted to be rich like Elon Musk, like that you mentioned that. And, and you know, like we say, it's not that you can't get there, but although he said he wants to be rich like him, he still said he just, he said, I don't, but he said, I don't know how I would get there. He still felt discouraged because of that huge gap. And I just like that you mentioned to think of people not all the way at the top, but starting at a lower level, at a lower bar instead of, because you kind of feel like 
it's just too far ahead to really get there. You'll end up probably quitting or giving up because you feel like it's so far away. So I'm glad you mentioned starting at a, at a different level instead of all the way at the top. Yeah, because wealth can mean different things to different people. It's not necessarily essentially, you know, have I accumulated the most money in comparison to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Wealth can mean anything. It can, it can be health. Like, you know, somebody, you know, you're, you're, you're all about that, right? Yeah. Health is wealth. We've always been saying that. But for me, it's like I, I, I encourage people to figure out how to become financially free, right? Another take on what you talk about, right? So financial freedom to me is, can I pursue my passions without having to depend on someone to pay me, my, to pay me a wage, right? That I have to live check to check. So financial free means like when I get paid for whatever revenue source it is, that there's not a bunch of people with their hands out waiting to take my money away from me. Right. right? So you, that could be considered wealthy, right? Or you could be like, I'm the first person in my family to leave somebody an inheritance, mm-hmm. right? So now I've, I've jump-started the wealth gap in just my community or my neighborhood, right? right. So that's how we have to start thinking about things and stop, you know, stop looking, stop checking other people's pockets. This is, this is it's an easier way to just let that go. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, with social media and all of this, you know, we see all the things people do, the things that people have, and we feel like I need that, I want that. Not that we can't desire things and we can't look up to other people's lifestyles, but I think it just keeps us stuck. And I and I also like that you mentioned the um, purchasing power. Like, even though we're years ahead, like we are still spending a whole lot of money. <laughs> So there's a lot of money still there. Yes, you know, we could earn more money, we can save more and invest more, but it's like I I like the fact that more people are having more conversations about it, which is, you know, shifting a lot of our mindsets to like not just listen to it, but actually actually take action, like changing up the way we spend, save and invest. But a lot of times when I look in these different like communities and people say, you know, black people don't have this and have that, but we're spending money with these companies, like these companies, you know, they do all these, this market research to see, you know, who's spending what, what are they buying? And we are still, even though we're considered down here, we are still buying a whole lot of stuff. So it's like, how do we start to make more changes so that we're, you know, putting a priority on investing um, money versus just being on the consumer side of things, just buy, buy, buy. Right, right. Um, it's, you have to, you have to come to terms with where you are currently, right? Like you can't figure out where you're going until you figure out where you, where you've been or where you are already. Right. Right. So we do control a lot of money, but we, we are the, I would say we are the number one community that gets approached or gets marketed a certain way so that we are spending our money on things that don't really create true value for us. Right. You can love a designer bag. You can love, you know, a pair of sneakers or anything like that. But to me, I feel like if it doesn't, if you can't like let go of it and get somewhat reasonable return back for it, mm-hmm. then that's something that's, that's, it's just a, it's just a want at that point. Right? right. And you need to focus on your needs first. Right. Like don't get into debt. Like don't base everything on a credit card. Right. You know, stop swiping. Right. Yeah. Figure out what your, true discretionary income is right i have my income coming in and i have my main expenses Mm -hmm. right 
And then the difference between that is the discretionary. I have discretion on how I want to use that money. I could save it. I can go and blow it all, right? Or I can do a combination of the two. Yeah. And every time I sit down and I work on budgets with people, I'm not telling them that they can't do anything. Right? I'm not saying don't spend all your money. Like I saw a post earlier today. Um, this gentleman said him and his wife got out of $45,000 of debt because they said for 12 months, they're not going to spend money on anything, right? Aside from their bills, like they didn't go out to eat. They didn't go on vacation. They didn't buy clothes, shoes, nothing like that. Yeah. That's not for everybody. Yeah. So there isn't a one way of doing it, but you have to sit down and, and be realistic with your money, mm -hmm. right? We don't have a good relationship with money. We don't know what money is. We don't know the tool that it is to provide us the financial future that we want. So when we get it, the first thing we want to do is just give it away because we don't have, we don't hold any real value to it. Mm -hmm. So once you can start understanding what is it that I have, how am I spending it? <clears throat> and then what are the other avenues that I have that I could, that I could do money? You know, mm -hmm. no one's telling you to be an, an expert on investments or insurance or entrepreneurism, <laughs> but there's avenues for you to get that information. And today it's way easier to get the information than when our parents were around or our grandparents, right? It was like, buy a house, make sure they, they don't take it, right? By the time I'm gone, leave it to my kids. And then that's it. Like no, yeah. no inheritance, no trust funds, nothing like that. They're like, I, I saved my entire life to buy this house. I paid it off. I'm giving it to you. Don't mess it up. Right. But because they didn't teach you how to manage money, balance a checkbook, save, create investments, create a return of money, you know, families will get a house and they'll be like, oh, you know, I can't afford a, you know, $3,000 a month mortgage or, oh, these taxes are too much. I'd rather just sell it. Now get a boatload of cash and now I'm buying a car. Now I'm buying jewelry. Now I'm going out all the time. Now I'm buying another house that isn't even as worth as much value because the, the values have skyrocketed. So I think that's where people need to come to grips and just, like, be honest, right? Like, you know the situation that you're in. I don't have to tell you. Cleo doesn't have to tell you. Like, you know the situation that you're in. So, you know, be honest, figure it out. And there's steps and there's people out there who gonna, who's going to help you and provide you the proper information. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said be honest because it just gave me a little flashback to when I was struggling because I was in denial for a long period of time. And I just kept telling myself, well, it's not that bad. But, you know, as the years goes on, if you keep staying in that same negative financial situation, it just it just keeps snowballing into an even worse situation. Yeah. So you do come to that time where you think, OK, I got to give myself a reality check or you get your own reality check. and You just realize you just can't keep living this way. And I was having a conversation with some friends back in January, early January. And we were talking about when we were like in our early 20s, how we felt like we had plenty of time, you know, to get it together. <laughs> you know, we didn't have any, you know, our families, they only did the best they could. They didn't really know about building wealth and investing, saving, none of that. And we just felt like, you know, in our early 20s, we we're like, well, you know, we're, we're young, we have time. But at the same time, we had people that we had met in college who already had properties in their name. They already had multiple investment accounts and we already felt behind, but we still feel like, well, we have more time. And it's like now, like I'm, I'm 36 now. And it's like a lot of people I know we're in our thirties, you know, a lot of people are in their thirties still like just now trying to 
make some things happen. You know, I, I, I still believe it's never too late. But at the same time, I think it's helpful to have conversations that way, like the next generations, that they can start earlier versus waiting until your 30s or your 40s. Well, listen, when you're young, you have nothing but time, right? <laughs> but like, like your age catches up with you quick, right? It do. <laughs> well, like I'm like, I'm 40 now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 30 was like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then like 20, like I can remember my college years. But then when every time I talk about it, I go back and I look at the things that I've done over the course of that time to say, okay, here's things that, you know, I've never been, even at this point now, I don't know everything about finance, mm-hmm. right? So at that point, I just did things in a fashion where I thought is going to benefit me more in the long run. Mm-hmm. When, when people are young, they don't want to think about 40. 40 sounds so old. They don't, and so if 40 sounds old, they're not thinking about 65, 75, 85, but you have to think about it to say to yourself, what kind of life do I want to live when either my income becomes limited or I don't have the opportunity to make income if I need it, mm. right? Like everybody goes, oh, when I retire, I want to travel. I want to do, you know, this, that, and a third. I want to own multiple properties. I want to just, I want to have, make money while I'm sleeping. Well, that starts today. Mm-hmm. Whatever age you are that you're thinking about that, that starts today. It's not going to happen if you don't start it today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all going to look back at our 20s and be like, man, I wish I knew this. Or I wish I would have done this. Mm-hmm. But that's like a learning lesson to just go, you know, when you see somebody in their 20s and they're, they're lost in this path of financial freedom, you yeah. pass on that knowledge and go, listen, <laughs> when I was your age, I was doing dumb stuff, right? <laughs> and I yeah. see you doing the dumb stuff now, so stop doing dumb stuff, right? So that that's all it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wish I had more people to tell me that they were doing dumb stuff because <laughs> nobody was really talking about it all back then. But now that I'm in this position I am now, I like telling people how dumb, crazy, <laughs> ridiculous, terrible, yeah. irresponsible decisions that I made and at the time you know I'm just kind of figuring out because I was a young mother just starting college trying to work and go to school and do all these different things and you know when I started you know getting into all of that debt I just was racking up a whole lot of credit card debt and student loans and you know just goes down here from there but I used to regret it I used to be real critical of my mistakes But now I don't look at it that way. I just look at it as, okay, I learned some lessons from it. Now I can help my daughter and help her friends or help my nieces and nephews and help others the way I wish I would have had help when I was that age. And I know they're just going to, you know, make their own decisions, make their own mistakes. But at least I know, hey, at least I, I I taught them. I educated them. I gave them all the resources I think they could use. Even though it's up to them to take action on it, I'll feel better knowing I at least um, try to show them how they can be different than I was at that age. But I think it starts with having conversations about it and not being like, you know, ashamed or embarrassed about it. Cause that's how I was at one point. I, I didn't want to talk about it because I was like, I don't want anybody to know that I was struggling, but really I was hurting myself by not talking about it. Right. And I think it makes it easier for other people to talk about it because they see, okay, it's not just me that made a bad decision he did too and she did too but look at where they're at now just like us you know we made mistakes in the past but 
We learn from them. And I like that you said you don't know everything about finance. I tell people the same thing. Like, I'm not perfect and I don't know everything. I learn st- new stuff every day. <laughs> you ca- you have to constantly educate yourself. Even as professionals, you still have stuff changes all the time. So you could be doing something one way today or know something to be this. And next week, it's something else <laughs> yeah. that you have to learn. So I think that's the beauty of it too of being like a forever student like learning and growing and knowing that you don't have to know it all yeah i think i think i learned more in the last five years <laughs> than i learned in the previous 11 years of me being in, in this industry right mm-hmm. because if you're not learning you're dying so you have like you said you have to be a five, a forever student and i think what you're doing what i'm doing what other people in our spaces are doing we're not ashamed anymore. Mm. We learned that the path that we were on was set for us on purpose, right? Yeah. When you're 20, like if you take someone who's, if you do the math, you take someone who's 20 when, and they start investing in comparison to someone who's 40 and they start investing, that gap of wealth is large, right? So if they can have you messing up in your 20s when you should be starting to invest in and, and because in your 20s, essentially you're supposed to be done with school and being in the workforce, right? Yeah. Getting a paycheck, earning money, building wealth, right? But we sometimes we're out of college and you know we want to travel or have fun or whatever or, or hang out with our friends and we yeah. still have the part-time job. We're like, oh, I'm not ready yet to get into the full-time workforce. And or we're like, okay, let as soon as I graduate, I'm gonna rush out of my parents' house. So I can go pay somebody else to live. Right. Or I'm afraid to ask for the raise that my degree um, determines or that I feel I've added in my to the wealth of this company over the course of the time that I've been here. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. that's on purpose to make you feel like, you know, you don't know what you're doing and there's no real avenue for you to figure out because, you know, your your parents don't know, your grandparents don't know, your uncles don't know. So, so the older people aren't coming to you to be like, listen, right set up this Roth IRA or listen, set up this brokerage account or set up this life insurance. And yeah. partly they were also ashamed as well. Yeah. But because they're, but the difference now is, right? We do have older people who are ashamed now too, but yeah. you have a greater opportunity for the information, right? You can pick up your cell phone and figure out whatever you need to know. You know, you can Google it. You can find other sites. You can you know, you can, you know, approach Cleo. Like, I, you don't have to live in her state. You can, you know, speak to her across the globe and yeah. get the information that you need. IG, TikTok, you know, don't believe everything you see on there, but there's inf- the, the ability to get the information and ask questions and get responses in real time. Our parents and uh, the other generation never had that. They did not have that. It's like, if you didn't know, then there was no way for you to know. And all you can do is do what you, what you, what you know work hard, say, try to save as much money as possible, send your kids to college and hope that they get a job that's better off than, you know, the factory that I worked at or the nursing home or something like that. I want better for them. I was a, my mom was a nurse's aide, right? But she wanted, she wanted my sisters to be nurses and doctors. She wanted them to take one step above. So that's what you have to do. So the, 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 the shame, the regret, that you, you know, use those terms. I don't regret anything. I feel like everything that happened to me was supposed to happen. And I'm in the place now where I'm supposed to be. 
So I'm here and, and this is why my business and my passion is financial literacy, because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like if, if I, when you go back and look at it, honestly, I shouldn't be here, right? On, on so many different levels. I shouldn't be here as a black man. I shouldn't be here because I never wanted to do this in the first place. Yeah. And I shouldn't be here because I had other passions growing up. I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to do a few things. But yeah. now that I'm here and I looked at my journey from that point to, mm -hmm. to where I'm now, oh, I, ho I hold on to it. And I'm humbled every day by when I provide people the information that I'm like actually changing people's lives, yeah. you know? So, you know, I tell everybody, whoever's listening, don't, don't be ashamed. Don't regret anything. You are where you are for a reason. So now you learn, I made mistakes. Now I need to make changes. So here's your opportunity to make a change. Yeah, I totally believe that stuff happens for a reason. Like that's helped me accept certain things. You know, when things go the way I anticipated it to, you know, cool, great. But when they don't, I do react to it differently because I'm like, you know what? It, it didn't happen that way because, for a reason. Even if I'm not sure why, like in that moment, I know it's something I'm, I'm going to learn from this is going to help me and other people. And I'm glad you mentioned about resources. Like, that is true. Like, I tell my daughter, like, I didn't have the YouTube and Instagram, all these social media platforms. Like, you can quickly pull up stuff on your smartphone. And that's true. You can't believe everything online. But there is a lot of stuff online, a lot of people online that you know, are quality and valuable that do know what they're talking about and yep. you can ask questions and, you know, get responses and things like that. And back then, yep. you're right, we didn't have that. And I didn't have people I could go to because they didn't know either. And it's like, unless you had a family member that was already successful or worked with somebody that was successful that could kind of put yeah. you on to some stuff, you didn't really know a whole lot about that. And I know I, you know, like to have conversations with like friends and family members and like, I want to know, like, how do you, you know, it's one thing working with clients, but like when you're trying to, you know, talk to like family members or like friends, not that you're trying to force, you know, beliefs or anything, but like if someone comes to me and asks me my advice or opinion, or you may see that they're struggling and want to kind of, you know, help them out. Like, how do you deal if you have dealt with this at all? Like, how do you deal with friends or family members who may be struggling, but they're really not trying to like take any action, but they want to keep asking you for advice and tips. <laughs> like, you know what, at, at, at some point it's like, look, now if you're serious, we can talk. But if you know you're not ready, which you may not be, because it, it's times that I said I was ready and I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I had one friend, when I was doing one-on-one -on -one financial coaching, she had filled out like a the form, like, mm -hmm. Like, you know, a little initial consultation, like three times. So, you know, you, she, you know, her responses were the same, you know, telling me what she was struggling with, you know, what her goals are, what she wants to do, blah, blah, blah. And then like the fourth time when she filled it out, I had to reach out to her. Like, look, you filled this out three times. Now, maybe what I offer isn't for you. And that's okay, too. Maybe someone right. else can help you better. But you keep filling this out. I don't want to waste my time or yours. So are you serious? Do you really want financial coaching? Do you really want help? And it's like you have to I realize you have to set boundaries yeah, with yeah. especially with the people that you know that, you know, that claim they want to hire <laughs> you for your services. Yeah. Like, have you mm -hmm. dealt with family members or friends like that? So not a not a situation like that. Right. But I have friends who 
have accumulated wealth over the course of a little bit of time, especially like the last recent years, but they feel like they feel like they can do it on their own. So that's that. I have other friends who, you know, they've also accumulated some level of wealth, but they're not even really doing it on their own themselves, but they are looking for other people to help them. Yeah. I tell people when it comes to your friends and your family, like they're not clients, right? They're your friends and your family, right? So it's always going to be weird if you're trying to trans transfer them from the friends and family portal to your client portal, right? Mm. So it's almost like you have to say, okay, this is the amount of information I'm willing to give them, whether it's at a family function or we're on a group text or whatever, WhatsApp, whatever it is, right? That if they have a general question or we're having a general conversation, I'm going to provide the knowledge, right? I'm going to be like, listen, this is what you need to do to start a budget. You know, here's a spreadsheet that I use, things of that nature, right? Because you obviously want to see your friends and your family win, right? To me, there's so many other people out there for me to make money on or, you know, that are going to be more willing where, I'm, where I don't have to feel like I'm forcing them. And you don't want to make it weird because now when you go to Thanksgiving, it's going to be like, oh, there's Robert. He was trying to sell me life insurance. And it's like, I wasn't trying to sell you life insurance, right? I was trying to help you off of something that you said that you actually said you needed. So I had that situation. Mm-hmm. I went to a family function and I had, you know, a family friend there. And, you know, this person had asked me specifically to help them find life insurance for their, for them and their child. And I said, cool, you know, what is it that you're trying to spend? You know, I'm going to come to your house. You know, I've, I've been there before, you know, we're friends. Let's just sit down and chop it up, you know? You know, no pressure. I want to make it easier on you. I want you to feel comfortable. So I went to their home and I sat down there. I ran over a couple of numbers. It wasn't, listen, I didn't lose thousands of dollars sitting there and helping this person, right? Right. But where the weirdness came in is that we're now at this, at this family function. And, you know, you know, every joke is rooted in some honesty. It's like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Robert tried to, you know, somebody had said something about life insurance. And, oh, yeah, Robert tried to sell me life insurance before. And you know what? Back in back in my younger days, I probably would have went off or spazzed. But I, I kind of look at it and go, just like you said before, that person is not ready. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can't make them ready. Right. I know what value I bring with the information that I have or the skills or the products or the opportunities that I have, I know the value in them. You can't see the value yet. And I can't make you see the value. Right. So I always tell people like when it comes to friends and family, probably don't look to them to be your client, to be honest with you. Like mm-hmm. if, if you love them, provide them information. I'm not going to say sit down and do like three hours of work that you would, you know, charge somebody, you know, $150 an hour to do. Don't do that. Right. Don't take your time. Don't don't give away stuff for free. But, you know, just give them time to realize that what you're actually offering when they can see you helping so many other people and they can hear testimony. Cleo did this for me. Or when I spoke to Cleo, she did, and, and your friend's going to be like, man, I, I messed up not speaking to Cleo. Right. I filled out her form four times and then we never had a conversation. Right. Which is kind of odd. Right. Because you're showing you're saying that you want it. And as your friend, I'm probably going to drop somebody else to come and see you because you're close to me. And I've done that as well. You know, I've, I've, I've gone and pushed a meeting back or changed the date because somebody close to me needed something. 
So I'm going to go out and I'm going to be helpful towards that person, but it doesn't always work out. So for me, like, I don't even really ask my friends or my family to be clients of mine, right? Well, not the, the real close friends. Acquaintances, yes. I will, <laughs> I will attack you on, on IG and, and Twitter trying to get yeah. your information. But, um, but people that's really close to me, like my real close friends, the, they're really not, I don't, I can count on probably on one hand, my real close friends and family who are actually clients. But that's not going to be something where I say to people, who, the ones who aren't, oh, I can't talk to you. I can't believe you didn't, you didn't do, use my services. It is what it is. There's so many other people that are open and willing to take your information that at some point they're going to come back to you. And you know what you could tell them then? Like you messed up waiting this long. <laughs> right? And you can yeah. show it to them in numbers. And that's, that's just a lesson that, that they can take back and go, listen, when, when I need to do something, Mm-hmm. nothing should hold me back right. regardless of if Cleo's my sister regardless if Cleo's my best friend they're going to take that lesson into other things now when they want to go get that new job they're not going to wait when they want to demand that raise they're not going to wait right. these are things that you have to learn so you just have to be one you have to just be one of the learning resources for them yeah I like that that is true and that's what I like to do like if I learn something like I'm quick to you know text like one of my close friends she she told me, she was like, Cleo, like if I send her a quick little YouTube video or a little podcast clip of somebody else's show, like I'll just send her resources. She was like, Cleo, don't stop sending me stuff. She's like, I love it when you send me stuff. And sometimes when you send things to people, you never know if they really do anything with it. But she had told me one time, she was like, Cleo, I really do appreciate you sending me stuff. She's like, she's like, please don't stop. Just, you know, keep sending me whatever you think is great for me. Just send it. And I'm like, okay, you know, it just, it is good to hear like, okay, people are actually doing something with it. And not that I do that all the time, all day, every day. It's just like, you know, randomly, if I feel like something's valuable, because, you know, people will send stuff to me randomly, like say, hey, check out this book or right. watch this little video. And, you know, it could be right. something helpful. And it could be something that's like a quick little, you know, couple of minute video. And I think just little stuff like that, you know, some friends, family members do appreciate. So when it comes to like the coaching thing, I think that is important of, you know, trying to serve them in a way, but not forcing them to be clients. Cause that's something that I never did. But if I had a friend reach out and say, Hey, I'm interested in your services. You know, I always try to make it clear that, Hey, you know, you my friend, but I do take this seriously, (laughs) you know, but I do like to have those conversations because I think when we're trying to like, you know, make changes in this black wealth gap, like we all have to, we can't do it by ourselves. We have to talk about it, work together. And I know like early last year, probably around this time, uh, one of my Facebook friends made a post talking about financial literacy. And I know you touched on that. You know, you educate people on, you know, financial education, becoming financially free, building wealth. And on the post, I don't remember it verbatim, but it was basically saying how people in lower income neighborhoods, you know, they don't need financial literacy. They need uh, higher paying jobs. And there was this big debate on it. And on one hand, I get it. You know, we need jobs that pay people more, especially if they have the skills and experience. But on the other hand, I also believe more money doesn't mean that you're going to manage it well either. So what are your thoughts on if you saw someone saying or heard someone saying higher paying job is more important than financial literacy? Yeah. So... I saw, I saw the same thing and 
I don't think I don't think one is more important than the other. They kind of go hand in hand, right? So the funny thing about money is money just makes you more of the person who you actually are already when you have more of it, right? So if you're somebody who's financially illiterate, you making more money just means you're gonna waste more money. So having a higher paid job is not gonna be like, oh, now I have this great investment platform, right? Like you were you were somebody who was making $35,000, but then you are spending, you know, 2,000 a month on rent, right? And then you're spending, you know, 100, $200 a month on food, right? You got a cable package that you don't even watch any of the channels and that's 108 us. Like that's poor spending, but then you're also going shopping, you're going out to eat all the time, you're going to party. So now if you make, $75,000, you're going to be like, oh, I can afford to move to a bigger apartment. Doesn't mean that I need one. I can move to a bigger one. So now I'm spending $4,000 a month on an apartment. Or oh, I'm going to rush to buy a house, right? Because I shouldn't be renting them. I'm going to run and buy a house. So I was paying $2,000 a month in rent, and now I'm paying $4,000 on a mortgage. But then I also have utilities, you know, upkeep, the roof's going to, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't have emergency funds, for me to take care of the things in case the the pipes leak or the roof gets a gets a gets a hole in it right but then oh i'm making 75 so time to show off i'm gonna go lease this bmw i'm gonna lease this benz Mm -hmm. these are the poor money use strategies that if you're not financially literate it's not gonna work out for you right i know people that make thirty five thousand dollars. they have they have life insurance they have savings they have a home and they make thirty five thousand dollars. right so it can be done when I was, when I first started working, my, my first job paid me $37,000. Mm-hmm. In two years, I saved $60,000. Mm. Right? So the amount of money you make doesn't matter. Right? Never, I would stop, never look down at somebody because they make this or they make that. Again, stop checking other people's pockets. Yeah. Right? You make what you make. And you know the avenues for you to make more or make less, right? You know exactly what you need to do. If you're if you're on hourly, you could do overtime, make more money. Mm-hmm. If you're on salary, you can demand a job, you could demand a raise, or you can put your resume out there and find another job that pays you more, right? Those are always your avenues. You can leave the state that you're in and go to another state where there's more opportunities, more jobs, housing costs less, whatever the reason, right? So you know what you can do to make more money or save more money. Mm-hmm. But because you don't have financial literacy, saving the money, is not a top priority for you. Your top priority is looking good on Instagram. Your top priority is being out because all your friends are. I know people that make like 50 grand and they're always hanging out with people that make over a hundred who are also financial literate. So those people are outside and and that outside is part of their budget. Your outside is just you just throwing money away, (laughs) right? So yes, I 100% agree that black people or people, let me not even say black people, people of color, need better opportunities in the workforce Mm -hmm. they shouldn't really have to sit there and wait to ask for a raise they really shouldn't have to try to figure out ways to well how do I negotiate my salary right or or how much do other people make like we really should be when we go for the job we get the job you should be paying me what you pay that that the white guy right because I'm doing the same job as him right don't give me an undercut because I am financially and I don't understand how to negotiate a contract. Join me on the first Sunday of every single month for a money yoga session. And you're probably wondering, what is this money yoga stuff, Cleo? 
Well, it is a vinyasa style yoga class mixed with financial empowerment. And it's designed to help you relax, reset, and prep for the work weeks ahead. And if we nurture our mind and our bodies, we can live financially free and make better financial decisions. There will be Q&A at the end, so bring your money questions. You can register at cleoyogafinance.com slash money dash yoga. Right? There shouldn't even be a negotiation of contracts. Right? This is what you pay for the job. So pay me that. Right? Yeah. So yes, that is true. We need more opportunity. But we also need in line when we start making more money to be financial literate so that we can save. Mm-hmm. So that we can start investing, so we can cr- start creating generational wealth for our family, so we can protect our income when we're making it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the more money you make, excuse me, the more money you make, the more of a person that you are, you become more of that person. So, if you're somebody who just spends wildly, doesn't save money, you making more is just gonna be like, oh, oh snap, I got, I can buy even more stuff right i'm making more money so it's like I, I was buying this when i was making less so now i make more i can make this but then you know your savings account is on you know 500 dollars. right you know you're running around with just a term policy and you're not gonna die in the time frame of the term policy is gonna end mm-hmm. you know you're you don't know what's going on in your 401k or you might not even have a 401k you know i sit down with people and i go okay what what's your what's your retirement in your job and they go oh i never started and they were there for 10 years Mm. and I go you know I'm, I'm not trying to make them feel bad but I ask like why like you mm. know they were offering it part of your package like mm-hmm. you know you're gonna take three percent of your salary out like you're never even gonna see it right. but they didn't understand what that meant when they got that benefit package they knew that dental costs twelve dollars they know health costs 45 <laughs> and this 401k what is it I, you know how much money am I gonna make how much am I going to actually make if they're only taking $45 out of my check every time I get paid? Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't look like anything to them. So right. they don't do it. But then 10 years go by and the 401k system is they're not even going to provide you any information. They're just gonna be like, oh, you didn't take advantage of it? Okay. And then 10 years go by nobody stepped in and said, oh, you should probably start this 401k. They're just like, well, you didn't start it. So, you know, that's your own problem. So now you're playing catch up. Now you're trying to use an IRA where, you know, in a 401k, you have a max contribution limit of $20,500. And then you have an IRA limit that's 6,000. So now you're trying to use $6,000 a year to play catch up for something that, that you're actually 10 years behind, mm-hmm. right? So, so no, making more money is not more important than financial literacy. They both go hand in hand. We need more opportunities and we need to be smarter with our money when we get the opportunities. Mm, that is so true. And I'm glad you mentioned about making more money it doesn't the amount doesn't always matter because you know there have been like you know tons of articles about you know for example millennials you know living paycheck to paycheck and i forgot this source it's somewhere in my notes but it basically was saying that millennials who earn over a hundred thousand dollars a year still said they were like 70 percent said they were still living paycheck to paycheck and i remember when i was in my early 20s I used to always wonder how can someone, because even back then when I would hear people make over a hundred thousand, I was like, how can people make a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or more a year and they're still struggling? But it's like once you start to earn more money and you realize you still have the same like spending habits, yeah. 
you start to realize, yeah. like you said, you you went through a whole little list of when people start making more, all the stuff they start doing, like you feel like, oh, I make more. But you, when you start spending more, you're going to start to realize you're not really get ahead like you thought you were because you're still like going outside, spending money on all this stuff, spent, having a $2,000 rent. Like you may not, not saying that because there are people in a position that they could pay $2,000 rent and they're fine because of the way they manage their money. But some people know darn well they don't need no rent that's two thousand dollars <laughs> like you said they want to look good on instagram whether if it's with your car your clothes inside of your apartment or your house or like you said buying a home when you when that may not be the best decision for you mm. right at that moment or like you <laughs> mentioned the 401k i know when i got my first job i was making about thirty-five thousand, and that was my first time starting a 401k but when i got fired after four years mm. i didn't have no money saved no money and i had the i had the 401k but since it was my first time losing a job i panicked and i just cashed it out which yeah. i wish yeah. i didn't do <laughs> yeah but i didn't i didn't know any better like i yeah. wish i would have had someone to and I got another job like a month later, right, you know, right, but I just right. didn't, but for me, I'm thinking I'm going to be a year, no job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really could have just not cashed it out and chose some other options. But had I been talking with a professional or just had somebody in my life that could school me on like what I should do if you are fired or lose a job, what you should do with your 401k at that company. Uh, you know, I had yeah. no clue about any of that stuff. And I think talking with people like you, you know, you can get educated on what you can do if this happens. Like we're planning for things right now, but you want to prepare for stuff. Not that you're, you know, wanting things to happen, but you never know. Like you might get laid off. Your yeah. company might shut down or you might get fired. What are you going to do with your 401k? Yeah. I had no it's, clue what to do. It's the, it, it's, it's the mentality, right? And, and, and habits are hard to break, right? So that's why when people are financially and they create the habits, the saving, the investing, it just, they do it before, without even thinking they do it before doing anything else. It's a habit. Our habits were, were trained for us to not think about those things, right? And plus, think about it. In every stage of your life where you achieve something, you celebrate, right? Right. So like when you graduate college and get your first job, you want to go out and have fun with your friends and enjoy it, right? And then when you get your first apartment, you want to hang out, have people over, go out and enjoy it, right? When you get the next job, you want to go out and enjoy it. But the things that are financially prudent, nobody celebrates themselves that for themselves. Like nobody, like nobody has a, a party because I signed up for my 401k. Like no one, no one has a party because I left a job and I knew to roll my 401k over into an into an IRA. Right? We don't celebrate the things that really matter to us. Right? It's the things to just. It's the things that you know, you'll get likes for on yeah. either social media. Or something. And, and this world that we live today, it's like, you know, not to sound like an old person, but it's like everything today is like a, we live in a world of convenience mm -hmm. and a world of instant gratification. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when our parents were, were, were managing money, they had a checkbook and they balanced it. And every time they spent money, they wrote it down. It was right there smacking their face. Like I only have $500 left for this month. I was going crazy. I'm not spending anything else. But for us, we have a card and we're swiping. We're swiping, we're swiping, we're swiping. And most of the time, we're not even looking at our bank statement at the end of the month to reconcile and be like, okay, where, where did I go wrong? Because I made this much and I'm negative in my account. Mm -hmm. But you just go, well, I'm negative in my account. I'm going to wait for the next two weeks so I can get my paycheck. You're not going through the statement and going, all right, 
I went crazy um, eating out or I shouldn't have went, you know, shopping or whatever. Right. So when you're talking about like, you know, making a hundred thousand dollars and why to you, it sounded crazy that people can't live on that. You know, partly it's also where you live. Like I'm in New York, hundred thousand dollars is not making for you. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you only make a hundred thousand dollars, you better not be spending money on nothing else. Right. It's, it's hard and it's only getting harder. Right. So you have to be cognizant about that. I tell people all the time to, to make it in New York, you have to make minimum, I would say like 160 to 175 as an individual person. So I'm talking about just to do everything that you want to do, still save, still invest, still have the thing you're supposed to have. And as a couple, it got to be like 350. Right? Oh my goodness. And then you yeah. throw kids in there. I don't you know, the number is <laughs> going to keep going. Right. So, yeah. you know, you have to be smart with money because as you get older and every life stage happens, like when you have a child, you get married, you buy a house. Mm-hmm. It, that essentially means you're spending more money, right? The house is going to cost you more. Kids are a living bill, right? And your spouse is also an added stressor to you. <laughs> Not in a negative fashion, like, oh, don't get married because it's stressful. No, it's an added stressor because you want to be there for your partner. Yeah. And you want to make sure, okay, I got everything structured and I have everything. And now if you're not good with money and you're just spending it wildly, now, oh, the gas bills up. Oh, shit, I got to wait. Or, or I'm going to get hit with this late fee and, and I'm cool with that. Or I'm going to risk them turning my lights off because I didn't have the money structured properly. And I'm not telling my spouse what my credit is. I'm not telling them what my real debt situation is. Yeah. It's, all that stuff is a, is a stress, right? So if you can find a way to be better with money, you're going to find yourself alleviating a lot more stress in your life. And especially as black people, listen, you want therapy, you know, find like reconcile your accounts. That'll be some therapy for you. Right. You'll figure out like, oh, I got to make some changes. Because that's what therapy is, right? Learning where I'm going wrong and then trying to make a change in those situations. So you know, give yourself a therapy session. Like, open up your open up your credit card statement and tell me if you're happy with what's going on. Right? You're gonna say no. So now you're gonna know that you have to make a change. Right? Yeah. When I do budgets, people, I put their I put their spending habits directly in their face. Like I categorize things for them and I show it to them. And I go, all right, well, this is how much you made. Man. Oh, but you spent you know this much over the course of a year in this and that. And and every time I do it, I don't even say nothing. I just show it to them. And then I let them look at it and then they immediately will tell me like, oh, I'm messing up over here. Mm-hmm. And I go, cool. I agree with you. What are we going to do to change that? Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you don't need to pay the cable people $200 a month for, you know, the, the, the elite package. Right. <laughs> you can you know, like you really only watch five channels. So low, like knock your lock, knock your your package down. That's going to save you money. You know, that's true. It's like little things like that, like, like, you know, you're paying Verizon $250 for, for, for two lines, whereas you can go to T-Mobile and T-Mobile is offering you two lines for $70 a month, right? Mm-hmm. But you'll go, ah, oh, T-Mobile, they're worse than Verizon, you know? It's like, well, listen, I'll take service issues if it's going to save me $130 a month, right? right? So it's just understanding little things like that, that, no, again, no one's telling us these things. And this is why the wealth gap continues to increase Mm. because even though we, we are making more money, we have more opportunities now, right? Mm -hmm. Like slavery is a long time ago, 
right? So you have opportunities now, right? Don't look back on the past like, oh, you know, they started slavery. That's history that you need to know, but don't let it run your life, right? Mm -hmm. So there's opportunities now. People are making more money. I have clients all the time. I look, I look at, especially women. I look at women, like you guys are running stuff. Like you guys are bosses. Like you have your own companies. You're making higher wages. Now you can have a conversation about what's the wage gap between men and, and men and women. But, you know, I feel to me, when I've done the numbers, I feel like that gap is closing as well. Mm. Right. So to me, like, what are you going to do with that? Now that you're closing the gap, you're catching up. What are you doing with more of that money? You need to then translate that gap closure number into wealth for yourself. Right. And if you're making returns on your money, like the stock market has returned 9.936% over the last 20 years, yeah. if you can make 9% on your money on an annual basis and grow that over the course of time, like do the, like do the math, like it's going to work out for you. Now you've accumulated wealth. And even if when you die, you leave your, your son or your daughter 200 grand, that's more than your family left you. Yes. <laughs> way more <laughs> way more and i'm glad you said that because i think now it's like people are starting to realize that it doesn't matter you know where you come from where you've been through you can still like start today doing different things you yeah. know even if you feel like you're behind that's why i hear a lot of people especially around my age say oh i feel like i'm behind yeah. But if you not like dwell on it and just start where you are, what you got and just keep moving forward, I think that'll help. And like when you mentioned about New York City, uh, <laughs> I remember like when I was a sophomore in college, I was in this program with this nonprofit where they paid for like a whole lot of students from different universities to Goldman and Sachs. And we did like these financial workshops. Nice. And I was like, ooh, I could I could move here. It was my first time. It was my first time flying anywhere. That was my first time. I was a sophomore in college. So I guess I was probably like 19, 20, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, so like starstruck by New York City. And I was like, oh, I could live here. And I started looking up, okay, if I make this much in Nashville, Tennessee, how much would I need to make? And when it jumped so high, I was just, I was so shocked. Like I was like, that was my first time really even using a cost of living calculator. Like I was like, yeah. I was like, so that's, cause I already felt like I was at, minimum wage uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so I was like I need to make this much so I was like well so so what's the what's considered high income in New York City <laughs> so I was like wow I just didn't realize how much more expensive it was until yeah. I did that and like some people don't know just to do that if they're trying to relocate somewhere some people are just moving and not yeah. even <laughs> thinking about yeah. is it is it going to cost more or less based on what right. you already make so I think having conversations with people and having a professional like you can educate you on what you need to do based on your situation. You know, like if you have a client that says they're thinking about relocating, they're going to be a, like a whole list of things. You're probably going to like additional questions. You're probably going to ask them or mm -hmm. other, you know, plans mm -hmm. that you probably would tell them that they need to be thinking about. Yes. And I think a lot of times we don't really like, make a move because we just don't feel like we need professional help right but as i got older i started to realize I, I even if i watched a video or read a book that's not enough like it only takes you so far right self-educating yourself but at some point you need to hire some type of professional and not just with finances with other areas of your life like eventually we need professionals to help us like keep going forward and i think with 
you know, making changes with this black wealth gap. I, I just like that people are, I see more people wanting to have change, but I do see more people taking action, but I, I know we have a, a long way to go, but mm-hmm. I know another thing I like that you mentioned was celebrating, not just getting the new job, but also celebrating, like you said, opening a 401k or, you know, maybe purchasing your first stock. Like I did, like when you said that, I was like, wow, that's like a good point. Like mm-hmm. even when we're just like celebrating birthdays, like one of my mentors said, he was like, when he was, um, you know, trying to change his life, he was like, he stopped really celebrating his birthday. Like he celebrated, but it was, he said, if I, he didn't really accomplish anything or really do nothing with his life, he said, what am I celebrating? I'm still doing the same stuff. Yeah. I'm not really, you know, moving forward in life. I'm not doing nothing yeah. positive. He was like, let me, let me start celebrating when I get small wins and big wins, yeah. things like that. And I know some people, may disagree with that and say, no, you should celebrate your birthday, go big every year. But I feel like, I I strongly believe, I'm gonna share that with some of my friends too. Like when you do certain things that you like may not think is a big deal, we should celebrate it. Like I wouldn't have thought to celebrate invest, like certain investment decisions I made or doing something. Cause I would think, oh, it's really not a big deal, you know, but it's important because it gives you, it it gives other people like inspiration, like encouragement to yep. you know, keep making moves in their own life. And then it helps you to keep leveling up too. I, I, that's how I would feel. Yeah. Like you never know when people, you never know when people are watching you. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that's why you always have to be like, you have to just be cognizant to be a good person on a regular basis. Cause you never know who's watching you, what they're watching for, this, that, and third. So if Cleo's celebrating her, you know, purchasing more of a stock that she fell in love with and earned her more money, or she reached another milestone in her investment platform, or, you know, she learned about life insurance and purchased her first life insurance policy. Like your friends who are, who are your friends and they're like, oh, I was thinking about the same thing. Oh, mm-hmm. Cleo did it. Oh, you know, I, I did that too. Like, oh, I, I just purchased my first stock as well. Now you guys can go out together at dinner and, and celebrate that and talk about, listen, what made you do it or or how'd you find the information? This is the stuff, this is the conversations we need to have with each other. We have to get comfortable having wealth conversations. Yeah. Right? Talking about money. I'm thinking about buying life insurance. I'm thinking about, you know, opening up a Robin Hood account and you know, I heard about this stock. You know, what do my closest friends, my allies think about that? Right? have you done it? You know, how'd you start? Like, let me know. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, tell me how much you did or, you know, how much stock you bought, but no, I, 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 I opened my first investment account last week and it's been going well, or, you know, I feel like it's something that I can continue doing. I'm adding, you know, a few hundred dollars every month into it. Mm-hmm. Your friend's going to go, girl, I still, I did the same thing. right. Two months ago. And it's been great for me. Another friend's going to come out. I did that five years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you guys finally got on board to do that for yourselves because it's helped me do this, that, and the third. Right. Like, this is where the conversation will go. Now you're saying to yourself, you've learned so much more about people you thought were so close, but, you know, you guys, you know, only talking about Beyonce or, you know, the latest fashion trend, right? Yep. <laughs> no knock, but that's, yeah. that, so have more conversations that celebrate you guys building wealth within your own personal economy it doesn't again you don't have to talk about specific numbers but when you're going i did that too and it's helped me do this you know it's, it helped me purchase my, my first home i tell people my story all the time from when 
I first started investing and then purchasing my first home and then selling that home and purchasing another home. I tell people those stories because those are milestones in my life. Those are things that I'm always going to look back and remember. I remember the dates. I remember the dates when I purchased, when I purchased my first stock. I remember the dates when I purchased my first home. I also know the date, you know, of my son's, my son's date of birth. All of those things are to me as equal in your life because all of those things have accumulated to who I am today. So if you're shy or ashamed, as we talked about before, or regretting certain things, those things are going to stick on you and they're going to hold you down, right? They're not, you're not going to get past them. Like, don't have regrets. Don't be ashamed. Whatever happened to you happened already, right? It's, the only the only way it can go wrong is if you allow it to happen to you again. Mm. All right. It's the same when we talk about people who are who just came home from being locked up or something. What do you tell them? Get on the right path so you don't end up back there. Right. So it's the same thing like in your mind. Like if you don't handle your money properly, your money is jailing you. Mm-hmm. Right. Your your poor mindset is jailing you from becoming a better individual. And, and just like people who go to jail, somebody went to jail and doesn't necessarily mean they are a bad person. Right. Or it doesn't even mean, or a lot of times, they weren't even in jail for things that they did. Mm. But it happened. So now you got to say to yourself, that happened. This is the scenario that I ended up in. And this is how I got into trouble. Mm-hmm. So now going forward, I'm not going to do these kind of things, right? Or I'm, or I'm going to be more cognizant of my surroundings. You have to be the same way with your money. You have to you have to look back and say, man, I effed up here and now I'm not going to F up anymore. Right. And then move forward. And then, and then just like, again, people who come home, they tell their story right. to the youth and tell them, listen, I was out here wilding. I was doing wrong things. I don't want this for you. This is how you avoid being set back like I set myself back. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's how we as a community are going to push ourselves forward. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's not. It's not just, you know, demanding certain things that we're not actually going to get, right? We're not going to push ourselves forward by demanding reparations because they're not going to give it to you, right? If they want to give you reparations, they would have given it to you already, right? Exactly. They don't want to give it to you, right? No. So demanding that is not going to help you. And, and demanding more money, you're not going to get it that way either, right? Mm-hmm. Just saying, oh, we deserve more. No. It's not just yelling that you deserve it. It's, it's going out and getting it. Yes. Oh, that is so true. Going out and getting it and like making a choice, making a decision to do better. But I also like that you mentioned sharing your story because there's always someone else that's either, you know, in a similar situation that you are in or Mm -hmm. may go through it and may need to hear it. And if they do go through it, they'll remember. I remember so-and-so said, you know, they went through the same thing, but they were able to push through and overcome it. So I do believe a combination of all of that is going to help us, you know, go forward. And I know a lot of times we get overwhelmed because like we mentioned, there's so many resources out there, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming when you're trying to, when you're watching these videos, reading these books, and some people still feel like, well, I still don't know exactly like what I should do first. So for, Mm -hmm. you know, people out there that do want to, that they're serious and that like, you know what, I really want to start taking action and be consistent? Like what are at least like the first three things you think they should start on, on their journey to, you know, making a change to that black wealth gap for themselves and their families and communities? First thing is being open and honest about your financial situation. Mm -hmm. So sit down 
get a budget down, right? And a budget can simply be on a piece of paper, income expenses, right? It doesn't have to be a fancy spreadsheet or, you know, uh, uh, you have to go buy the latest Susie Orman book or nothing like that. Budgeting simply is just writing down what you make versus what you're spending and see where the difference there is and where you need to make a change there. And then being open and honest about your debt situation, right? If you have, if you owe people money, getting on a proper schedule that you can pay, that's going to fall right into your budget of saying, I spend $500 a month on food. I don't necessarily need to do that. I'm going to cut that in half and I'm going to take the other $250 and I'm going to throw it to my, to, my, to my credit card, right? If you have collections, picking up the phone when they call you, right? I don't know how, I don't know how else to say this. I talk about this all the time. <laughs> If you end up in collections, the worst thing for you to do is to avoid it, right? Because it becomes worse for you. you so, so the first mistake was ending up in collections. Don't compound the mistake by avoiding and letting that go on for five, six, seven years, where now they got to garnish your money, right? Because they're going to do it, right? So call them up, tell them, listen, you know, I had whatever situation with the creditor. It's this much. I want to settle it. I have this much. You know, get to your number, find your number. Is it half? Is it three? Is it 75%? Whatever your number is, find it, right? Because you, you actually owe the money. So you got to pay something. So find the number and they're going to be willing to work with you. You know why? Because they didn't pay the full amount. If the debt was 10,000, they probably paid three or $4,000. So if you tell them I got five, they're still coming out on top. So you still have power in your debt, right? So that's, so that's step one, getting open, honest with yourself and find a partner. It can be your spouse. It can be a best friend. It can be your child. You just need somebody to hold you accountable. You're not going to be able to do it by yourself, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, now that I have my budget done properly and I'm figuring out where I'm wasting money, mm-hmm. I can cut out the waste and what am I going to do with that money? So let's say now you've paid off the debt and you were spending $500 a month on that debt. Now you got a $500 extra. You can throw that back into going out to eat all the time, or you could say, where can I put the money where I'm going to get a proper return on that money? Mm. So step two would be finding out where can I get my proper return, right? Investments, um, online savings, um, starting my own business, you know, investing in myself, right? That's an investment as well. Yeah. Um, throwing it into my property where I'm going to pay off my mortgage faster, or using the equity in my property to go get another property that's going to bring me income, right? Just, mm-hmm. just earning money on your money, finding the best way to earn money on your money, right? So financial advisor like myself can help you. There's online tools, there's YouTube university, right? Find what works for you. I always tell people like, I'm not the only finance person out there. I'm not the only financial literacy expert out there, right? So if you call me, we're going to have a consultation and we're going to find out if we gel right? You're going to find out if I'm the advisor for you and I'm going to find out if you're the client for me, right? So now getting a proper return money. So that's step two. Step three, protecting my money, right? So now that I don't have debt, I'm earning money on my money. My money is growing. Retirement, saving, investing, all is growing. Mm -hmm. Now I have to protect those dollars, right? How do I protect it? Insurance and not just life insurance. Disability insurance, right? To say, if I get hurt, right, and I'm out of work for six months or, God forbid, what the average disability lasts seven years, mm-hmm. 
how, what, where, where do I replace that income so that I can live the same life so that my family can live the same life? Disability insurance can do that. Mm. Life insurance is more so for protecting what you want to provide into the future for your family, right? Okay. To say, when I'm gone, I want my wife to be able to pay off the house. And our house is worth $350,000. So I'm going to get a life insurance plan that covers me for $350,000 at any point if I pass away, right? For my whole life. If I go, she's going to get a check for $350,000. You may want to leave her more. There's no set number. I hate, I hate this conversation for this reason because it's like everybody thinks like they have to have a million dollars. There's no set number. The number is going to depend on who you are, what the assets you currently have, and what you want to provide to your wife or husband or children into the future, right? But the other benefit that life insurance brings to you is that it creates a pool of money that you could actually use to either supplement your income while you're living or create a pension for yourself while you're retired. And it also can be used to pay for your medical care as you get older and you get sick. So I'm not so I'm not talking about health insurance there. There's life insurance riders or options that allow you to use the death benefit if you get sick. I'm talking about stroke, heart attack, ALS, something like that, cancer, right? Because I have somebody near and dear to me who died because of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So I know that one round of chemotherapy is about to cost you like $37,000. And I don't care what health insurance you have whether it's through your job, through the city, none of that. It doesn't cover it. Mm. Not, it doesn't cover one It doesn't cover not one round of chemotherapy, mm. right? So as you get older, this is just something that we have to deal with, right? You're going to get sick. And right? it's just something that's going to happen. So yes. you need to make sure that you're prepared so yes. that your spouse isn't saying, what are we going to do? Mm. Do we have to sell the house? Because if you leave the option up to them, they are going to choose to exhaust every asset you have to keep you alive, right? Now you can argue whether that's right or wrong. You can tell your spouse that you want her to let you go, right? <laughs> she is not going to let you go. She is going to sell the house, right? She is going to exhaust her retirement plan to pay for it because in her mind, she'd rather have you. And the quicker she can get you back, yeah. the quicker she can go back to replenishing that money. But obviously, you know, if you look at time frames, she'll never be able to replenish that. So don't leave that option up to them, right? If you care about your family, these are the three things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. You need to understand how you're being poor at money right now, mm -hmm. how I can earn better money once I stop being poor with it, mm -hmm. and then how do I protect the money and the wealth that I've created over the course of time where I've gotten better. And this could be over the course of 35, 40 years. It's not going to happen tomorrow. Right. So we started talking about patience. Right. Patience is key. It's a virtue. Right. So start now. I don't care how old you are. Right. I have clients as young as six months and I have clients who are as old as 90 something years old. Right. So it doesn't matter to me what age you are. It matters to me if you are being honest to say I've messed up or I'm not in the place where I think that I should be. Mm. Right, because it could not even be that you messed up. You could be very successful. You're making one hundred fifty thousand dollars living on Madison Avenue in New York, right? But you know, if you look at the numbers, you might need to have by the time you're gone, two million, and you're only on pace 
to have 1 million, which can sound like a lot, but for your lifestyle, you're going to need the 2 million, right? So you're not where you're supposed to be, even though you're successful. So everybody has an opportunity to look back on, on their money and say, is it, is it being run the right way? Is the business, is the business that I run, you know, your family, your, your economics, that's the business you run. Everybody is a business owner, right? If you have a family, you are the head of that business. So am I running the business properly or am I running it into the ground? Mm. Right? Like, just like be open and honest. So if like, even if you find out that you're not doing well and you don't want to speak to somebody, then take the time for you to figure out how to do it on your own and do it on your own right. Don't fall for every get rich quick scheme, like, like fad diets, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like you want to lose weight. It's like, okay, I can take this pill for 30 days and I'm going to, you know, lose a hundred pounds. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You're just going to end up losing more money. Right. So don't fall for fads and trends and things you hear on Instagram and TikTok, right? Talking about, you know, opening up a Roth IRA for your son or, you know, starting to trade Forex and options, right? <laughs> I'm so, as a financial advisor, I can tell you, right? I've, I have licenses and I took time learning what actual for, foreign exchange is and what options trading actually is. Yeah. I don't even do those things <laughs> because they are extremely difficult and they take a lot of time that you don't necessarily have to be successful in it. And it's not a real efficient way of, uh, of investing because of taxes and potential penalties. And honestly, you could find a day trader who trades every day. And if you go over the course of a year, it's probably like 280 trading days. Mm -hmm. Most of those trading days are going to be losses. They're going to be more days that you lose money than you make money. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you make money, you got to pay 25% in, in capital gains taxes, things like that. So yeah, just, just be, just, just be open. You know, how am I spending it now? Like, what is it doing for me now? Mm -hmm. How do I make it do more for me? And then how do I protect it in case something happens to me? Mm. This was so good. You gave a you gave a lot of good things that people For free. like. Yes, yes. <laughs> like like just what you shared is enough to, of course, you know, get started. And I think you know the steps that you gave is a good setup because you know even for myself when I first started trying to figure it out, you can get overwhelmed even if you. Yes. You just thought you like okay, what I should I know I should do all these things, but what what should I do first and then yeah. next? So the way you laid it out, thank you so much for breaking it down for us because I think it helps people get a clear picture on what they should do next, you know, individually and you know, with their spouse or with their accountability partner, like you said. Right. Like you have to have someone to hold you accountable because it's stressful, y'all, trying to do it by yourself. You would drive yourself crazy, <laughs> like I did, trying to do it by yourself. But when you have someone else to hold you accountable and hire you a professional if you need it, that does help make things a little bit easier. It's not going to be easy all the time, mm -hmm. but it does make it better when you have help. So for those that you know are you know going to take this information and take action, yes, they want to use your services and hire you and talk with you more to get more help. What is the best way for them to connect with you so that they can go to the further steps in getting help with their finances? Yeah, so social media is always the first one, right? It's, it's what everybody's on, right? So you can find me on social media. My, my business page is fortune underscore advisory. Um, my personal page is new money fortune. Um, you can visit my website, fortuneadvisoryllc.com. Um, you can send me an email 
It's rfortune at fortuneadvisoryllc.com. Um, if you go on my Instagram page on either one, you'll see a link tree on there that links, you know, my website, my contact information, all of that. And as well as podcasts like this one that I've been on where I've provided information. So Cleo's first one is going to be on there when she, when this one gets posted, that's going to be on my link tree too. So all that is, all that is there, right. And all of this, and if you are comfortable reaching out to me and trying to learn more or, or find someone who can help you with your finances, if when you call me or you send me an email and you say that you heard me on the Cleo podcast, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you consultations for free, right? Because my main focus is, and when you go to my website, you're going to see it. The business is structured solely for financial literacy. It's to teach people how to manage money, understand money, and deal with their personal economy. The right investment account, the right insurance, the right budget plan, the right you know loan, all that stuff. All that stuff for me comes secondary. If you don't understand how to manage your money then me giving you an investment account is not going to work. If you don't understand how to deal with your money first, then you're not going to end up paying for life insurance for the whole, for the whole time that you need to pay for it because you're going to be like, oh, it's a debt and I don't want to pay it. I want to save money. So you have to understand what money is and what, and what great tool it is to provide you the life and the goals that you want to achieve. So again, you tell me you heard me on Clio financially fit, right? then financially free financially free sorry but hey financially free financially fit all of that we're, we're it's all the it same all thing in. you know yes you heard me on you heard you you just say Cleo to me and I'm and I'm gonna treat you <laughs> like family because I appreciate everything that Cleo has done for me like allowing to be allowing me to be on her platform mm -hmm. allowing me to talk about the things that I have passion for everybody who allows me to do this everybody who listens to me everybody who takes time to to let me ramble on about certain things then i appreciate it because i'm 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 truly humbled about where i am right now in life right like i have financial freedom i feel like i i'm really only doing this because i want to do it if i wanted to go do something else i can pick up and go do it right that's that's where i've created my life and i want everybody to have that same like freedom in their mind to say no job xyz i don't want to work for you anymore right i have enough money saved that i can take six months off and figure out what my next step is you see what you talked about earlier when you said you lost you lost your job you was panicking and you got a job later in like one month <laughs> if you had if you had ten thousand dollars saved you might have said to yourself you know what listen that job i didn't really like it anyway I'm going to take my time. I'm taking the next couple months to figure out what is the job that I actually want to do. Mm. And I think when people have control of their things like that, then their, their life is, is a little easier to deal with. And yeah. we already have too many stresses and too many things that go wrong in our lives. Your money and your financial um, security in your, in your personal economy should not be one of them. Mm. That is so true. And I'm glad that you mentioned that about having that financial freedom, having the money where you don't feel like you have to go rush to yeah. another job. Yeah. Just to share this really quick. When I got my yoga teacher certification, this was back in like 2018. I actually wanted to get my yoga certification for years, but I didn't because I always felt like I have to work. And every program out there, it never worked with my work schedule. Mm. And one day I just said, you know what? I'm just going to take a risk 
and I'm going to quit this contract I'm working so I can get my yoga certification. And people at work was like, you, you're going to quit this good paying job to yeah. do yoga? <laughs> it's like, you're going to leave this money to go yeah. do yoga? And people yeah. didn't understand. Like, of course, if you're not into yoga, then you really like really yoga. But even for people who, you know, took yoga class, they were still like, yoga Cleo really <laughs> and I was like well you know this is something I want to do and people were wondering were like well, what are you going to do for money and I'm like I have money <laughs> available yeah. to take care of my basic living expenses and nice. more nice. I have the flexibility and the freedom to leave this income to go pursue something else now I went out of to another country for like a whole month to do the certification and I never would have thought I would have been able to go to any country for a whole month at wow. all wow. but that's just an example of a way I was able to put myself in a position to do something I knew I wanted to do and not feel like I couldn't because of money or because I can't pay my regular monthly bills so I just want everyone else out there to take everything in that Robert is saying and take what I just shared with you about having that freedom like it feels good to do stuff that you want to do and not do things because you have to because yes. of you make the money like I know we've all had periods of times where we've had jobs where we need to or have to work it for the money but you want to get to a position where you're doing something every day is not going to be perfect but you want to wake up and do something that you know I actually enjoy what I'm doing with my life right now I don't feel stressed and overwhelmed every single day now yeah. we have days where we still feel stressed and overwhelmed right. but if you're right. always stressed always miserable always unhappy then you need to really think about what you really want out of your life and yeah. how bad did you want it? Because there are going to be days where it's going to be fun and easy and exciting. And you have some days it's going to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to want to quit. You want to be like, you know what? I just don't want to do anything. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to talk to anybody. But if you have people in your life, just like we're having this conversation, it feels good to talk with other people, hear yeah. other people talking about it and getting help and just knowing that you can live a life that you deserve, that you desire. And what I want could look different than what you want, but you have to believe that you are worthy for it. But then you also got to take action on this information that you're receiving. <laughs> you got to take action because mm -hmm. if you just let it go in one ear and out the other, then you're going to wake up next week still in the same position. So let's start today taking everything in. And remember what Robert said. He actually gave you a good deal. So if you mention Cleo, you will be able to get a free consultation. So I would definitely take advantage of that while it is available. And I appreciate you too as well because I really enjoy having other people in this space that I can learn from because just like they're learning, I'm learning too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it helps to talk about it, especially, you know, yes, of course, you know, I talk to a lot of women, but I love when I get to talk to other men too that can give us information and break things down for us because we need other perspectives. We need to talk with people that live in other places in the world. So mm -hmm. I appreciate everything that you share and your willingness to come back on my show and give us some more gems. So I definitely appreciate you too. And I definitely look forward to you coming back again, because, you know, we have so many other topics that we have to talk about. <laughs> so I do appreciate it. So do you have any last words you want to throw at us before we end the show today? So I'll just I'll just give you my one tagline, right? <laughs> financial literacy is the key to financial freedom. So just like she said, 
you're getting this information, whether you just pass by this podcast or you're a frequent listener, I hope you're taking notes and you're going to follow through with what's being said, whether it's with me, whether you call Cleo directly or you find somebody in your local town or something on YouTube, but just follow through with it. Start the process and you're going to you're going to thank yourself 10 years from now. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and everyone out there. Please take action because we want to see you win. We want all of us to win. And I do appreciate you for watching this episode. And if you enjoyed it, I would love your support by either subscribing on YouTube or you can also subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all the other podcasting platforms. And I look forward to seeing you next week on another edition of Financially Free with Cleo podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you. You can be financially free with Cleo.